fuck no. my audio drag, right? No. Well, thank you, and welcome. You're welcome. To the whip around. Hello. I am Sean Hayes, and I am here in my... Well, I'm not here. I'm ve- I'm here for me, and I'm, I'm very semantic today. And macabre <laughs> stuff is fun. We do weird news. I'm not alone, even though I'm alone in the room. I'm here, which is to say I am where I exist currently. I'm Phil Laporta, doctor, science guy, and I don't really care much about semantics, but I just leave that to my buddy Sean. Cogito, Speaking of which, Cogito ergo douche. Oh, it's so fun. funny you said that. That is going to come back later. Oh, nice. How am I? What's up with, with what's up? What's up with I? I? Well, at this point, it'll be belatedly. But happy Mother's Day to all the the moms of all shapes and and sizes and whatever's. Uh, so you know, to it's all been citizen moms. We love you. Yeah, man. We've been doing that and uh, today, and it's going well. But there was there was stress. You know, there's always stress involved with like, can we you know pull this thing off right? And any time that this family of mine does an outing of any kind, it's just stress and tension everywhere until we're like mid-meal. It's just so much anxiety. <laughs> we're going to say until you were home again. No, because no, no, because then it kind of starts again. Like, you know, everyone's like, all right, let's go our separate ways. But it, And I don't mean that to say like we don't get along. It's just there's so much to do. We're a dramatic family, you know. Everything and, has um, to be a production. Yeah, and sure. it's, I guess at the bottom of it all, we love the, we love the way we don't like it or whatever. But the point is, <laughs> uh, I got really high to calm myself down when we got home, <laughs> and that's the condition with which I greet you today. Ah. And that's what's up with me. <laughs> somewhat. To... Oh, by the way, can I say something? Yes, you may. Look, I'm courting controversy on the whip around here. But if oh, I could dear. just piggyback off my own thing, human centipede myself intellectually for a second, the Mother's Day thing. I really like some of the things that people say when they like, let's spare a moment for the people who lost their moms, for example. You know, Phil always puts a beautiful thing yeah. up uh, on social media about that. And I, and I love that they, people do that and that people spare a moment for those who are sort of like, I'm really trying to be a mom. It's difficult, you know. Oh, um, yeah, that's a thing. That's a that's yeah, and and people, you know, and remembering, well, let's spare a thought for people who have a difficult relationship with their mom today. Like, yeah, all right. I mean, we're rubbing motherhood in their faces. Now, this is at about the point at which I draw a line. Um, <laughs> because then when people are like, well, yeah, and all you fur mamas out. No, wrong, <laughs> sick. No, I'm happy you have a pet. I really am. And if you think that's exactly the same as having a human being, then you think of children as slaves and because that's what pets are if we really think about it. Let's not <laughs> think about that too hard. So that's a bridge too far. And then, and then, and then there's a thing going around where it's like, you know, let's spare a moment, give some flowers to the, to the, to the people who chose not to be mothers. Ru- no. No, that is exactly no point that now. is no different than if I went out on Veterans Day and said, <laughs> "What about those of us who chose not to serve?" <laughs> but it's and I was talking to Kate about this, and she said, "You know what? That is a perfect microcosm when people put that stuff in of what it is to 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 have something as a woman in in um, today's American culture. You have to mm, give pieces yeah. of it to everyone, or you're ungrateful and rude. You can never just have a thing." So you know what? I'm taking those back. If you're a fur, them all back. if you're a fur parent already for making me call you that, I'm pissed off at you. It is not Mother's Day <laughs> for you, and it, nor will it be Father's Day for you. The other pet owners who identify as as dads, and 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 also, if you chose not to be a mom, then they're all the same day for you. They're days that you're <laughs> not a mom. Okay, 
Stop making it about yourself. You already did in a, in a way. And that's fine. Keep it to yourself. Just like your sperm or your fertilized egg. Keep it to yourself. What's up with you, Phil? I'm fine. Okay. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. A couple things, actually. Uh, it is not the day. Again, we will be late on this one. But happy birthday to Citizen Gabby. Always out there. Always always uh, talking to us. Always replying to the post. Uh, happy yeah, and, to, and to everybody out there who isn't Gabby, too. What <laughs> yes, about those people who've chosen not to be Citizen Gabby? Not to be Gabby. A happy birthday to them as well. Yeah. See how silly it sounds, people? Jeez. I'm with you on that one. Um, and also, a, a, so a, a, and you know, no, I'm going to isolate that. Happy birthday. Specifically you. That's and right. to everyone who isn't you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Mel specifically also because we finally talked Citizen to Citizen Mel. And we appreciate that. It was really good. Coquito. Really strong cinnamon. Really strong coconut in there. Loved it. Coquito, Fantastic. Co- we tanked the whole bottle. Coquito ergo yum. That choo choo the weird is coming through. It's time for train wreck headlines. <laughs> you know what? It's not a bad slogan, but no. Anyway, I've got five headlines from this week's news, plus one I made up. That's a total of six <laughs> for those of you who are paying attention. One of them's fake, so that's five really. Spot the fake and win the day. <laughs> that should be a t shirt. <laughs> just this describe it. oh boy or maybe make it really small and we collect every single attempt you've made at describing this thing succinctly really tiny yeah. in the one yeah swimming pool crashes into car park town enacting dna testing on abandoned dog poop to sniff out lazy owners florist arrested for pro- providing blasting caps the couple as part of gender reveal setup mm. subway's newest sandwiches are a safety hazard Village of Heartland police asked students to stop playing nude Nerf Wars. And man arrested at Kid Rock's bar for removing colostomy bag and swinging it around. <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually want to hear this faster. I am excited for this. Swimming pool crashes into car park town and acting DNA testing on abandoned dog poop to snip out lazy owners. Florist arrested for pro- providing blasting caps to a couple. To couple ah, oh! arrested for providing blasting caps to a couple as part of gender reveal setup. Subway's newest sandwiches are a safety hazard. Phil of Heartland police asked students to stop playing nude Nerf Wars. Man arrested at Kid Rock's bar for removing colostomy bag and swinging it around. I mean, when I picture on? Kid Rock, you know, in a group of any kind, I always assume that someone's swinging around something filled with shit, you know, like... Yeah. Feces is going to fly. Well, Phil, um, okay. One jumps out at me immediately, and so there's no getting away from the fact that I'm I'm going to be picking it. Um, okay. But I just want to say briefly, I don't think I had heard, with the exception of maybe one, um, and that one, I think it might be an update to something I knew from before. So I don't know if I've encountered any of these this week. Okay. But uh, there's just – it raises far more questions than it would answer for me. The uh, DNA testing the dog's poop, I believe, would have to be fake. That's totally real. That is not possible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're going to check it against, like, some kind of – DNA dog registry, yeah. Arfis. <sighs> Come on. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> All right. I never brought it here. There it is. All right. So Check no, the that shit was, against Arfis. The streak is done. Sorry, dude. Hey, I went down with Arfis. <laughs> I, I'm 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 okay. You know, it's not a bad way to go. From out. my yeah. ashes sprang a new business venture. What uh, What would your second guess have been? Um, what was the one right before that? What was like that? Was the third uh, one? Right before? Uh, no, that was the second one. Right before that was swimming pool crashes into car park. No, not that one. I, I guess maybe the, the Kid Rock one. 
No, that's actually real. I was, I was dead. They're, all these are going to be me just going, maybe that, because I was dead set on we so you, uh, not having that, a DNA database of doggies. <laughs> Dog ONA. Dog NA? I'm killing it, man. It's pretty good, yeah. Well, what is? I don't give a fuck. It was the, flor- it was the florist. Providing blasting caps. Uh, see, it reminded me so much of like other it, issues. I'm like, plausible. oh well, maybe the florist was like some dude they knew, and you know, I don't know. Right? Is it sad that that is actually plausible at this point? I mean, we have Florida in this country. We do. I didn't say it was a. I said it was a florist. Not no. Florida. I know, but I'm saying anything is possible Florida, in a nation that has Florida hanging off its. The state itself, its Florida, abdomen. providing blast, blasting caps. That could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. You'd end up with a lot more dead people in Sean's cabin in the macabre. It's weird. The pride yeah. in his face. Everyone pride knows. goeth before the fill. Ring that bell. <laughs> that was a good one. Phil, my man, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's time to get cultured up in here. Like bacteria or societal? Well, I don't see that you can accomplish one without the other. Fair point. We've got a macabre anniversary to celebrate, and it takes us to the very intersection of class, culture, and violent death. All right. I like those three things. Yes, yes. This one is about, and I've kind of been holding on to this one, but it's time. It's it's, it's literally time. It's about deadly theater. Ooh. We're off to burgeoning New York City in May of 1849. Okay. Now, part of me insists, like, I'm just forgetting. I must have done this story before, but I don't think I did. I'll let you know halfway. Through. I hope you do. <laughs> um. So anyway, most people think of theater in America as a, I don't know, they, they picture a sort of hobnob, uh, hoity-toity kind of uh, upper crust or pretensions at upper crust crowd. I mean, there are artists involved too, but when, when people, the stereotype of the theatrical patron, how would you describe it, Phil? The, the stereotype of the theatrical patron is not an everyman. I, I would say at least that. Yeah, but what is it? What's something you would grab onto? I, I don't know khakis and like a blazer, <laughs> just yep. like a, like American posh, right? Like a kind uh, of it's a more upper well, just attempting to aspiring to be right. Not. Either they're there or they want to be. Well, see yes. now back in the 19th century, that was not always the case at all. Uh, in a world, in a world in without a world. movies, <laughs> TV and, and and porn that you could access without having to flip pages or turn a crank of some kind. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> Uh, there just wasn't a ton of entertainment options that didn't involve carnies or or whittling or both. And and each of those activities can be extremely hazardous to one's health, particularly one's fingers. Uh, but both carnies and whittling are involved. Right. But particularly in the mid-19th century, theater was a huge draw for all strata of American society. And uh, whereas in England, by this point, theater had evolved to a, a place of highly educated generally adroit audiences that enjoyed the sort of cerebral art form the sort of very proper way of doing things uh, a very clean product and uh, performers you know walked the boards and it was very dignified but in america you're never going to believe this phil in america theater was a more bombastic affair oh um, really in we fact started early yeah dude th- it was precisely the moment at which the u.s at this mid-19th century theater scene was where the U.S. seemed to step into its own, culturally speaking, and uh, like artistic, theatrical arts speaking. Uh, for its part, England doubled down on its own formal way of doing business. 
And wouldn't you know, again, this all came to be this symbolic issue. But like to talk on the streets, uh, you know, journalists picking up people talking and doing theater reviews where they're covering all kinds of different types of crowds and it's rowdy over here, but it's very sophisticated there. And, you know, they don't tolerate any shenanigans at this theater. Oh, with this one, the, they're going to the be nice people go to that theater. Yeah, that it kind was of thing. Picture, okay. like the, 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 the upper crust theater, you can picture it easily. It's the one that you think of when you think of like people going to the theater, you know, white gloves, etc. Whereas the other theaters... Doing plays, by the way, not just like doing, you know, body, whatever. But, I was going to say vaudeville was. I mean, some, well, vaudeville peaked later than. Coming, let's, yeah. Let us not make this theater history for all. I'm, you must not offer me this topic. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, it would be over here. Picture Rocky Horror Picture Show things. That's more like oh. what it was like in the theaters for the okay. middle and lower classes. There was. We'll get to that. I dig it. We'll get to that. But anyway, consider this that as it was happening, there were those in America who preferred the proper theater and they tended to be one type of socioeconomic person where there whereas there were others which was pretty much anyone who wasn't the first group who were far more into a a raucous good time at the theater in the in the middle to lower class areas too so mm. yeah and then it, it, couple that with the fact that all that snooty stuff tended to be in the british style so, you know, we're, we're, Shakespeare. Well, 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 we're going to talk about that. But, you know, it became something where it was like, you know, Americans uh, either hiring the British to set things up, to block it a specific way. They moved oh. a specific way. They spoke very properly. Bringing in the genuine article. Exactly. And so the English sent sentiment, I guess you would call it, the English flavor was all over the upper crust thing. Um and on the other side, again, there wasn't a Bruce Springsteen yet. So, you know, they were doing their thing over there. But they all, Phil, they all loved Shakespeare. I want to I make that clear. Okay, so, so far, he's the only dead guy in this story. And I'm a little upset. I know. Over this divide, fueled by the words of the bard, we get to the Astor Place riot. Uh, oh. So I want to introduce you to two guys real quick, two fine actors of their time in the mid-19th century. Each, whether they liked it or not, were the symbol of each sort of side of the theater tracks. Okay. Okay. They had been friends, soon rivals. So first, there was the dashing American, arguably our first theatrical star who was known for being um, – He's um, he is an American. He's like a native son – you know, star. Uh, he didn't pretend to be British. All the upper crust types did. Anyway, Edwin Forrest. Edwin okay. Forrest said to be, quote, all bravado and macho on stage. And American audiences loved him. This is from the Smithsonian. It's the original Captain America. Yeah. Okay, got he it, embodied yeah. self-satisfied proof that America had finally achieved cultural independence from his British forebears. Now, in the other corner, England's master thespian. And you know he used that word thespian a lot. Proper, restrained, highly pedigreed, dignified as shit. William Charles McCready, which the, the names sound like they're reversed. McCready McCready's sounds familiar. Brit. I don't know why, but he's go the, on. He's the Brit, just to be clear about this. So I'm Forrest, worried that he's familiar now. <laughs> Forrest, America. McCready, British. Anyway, about him, quote, an established classically trained actor known to portray Hamlet with fey handkerchief waving. I So, the, again, not a joke. He would, it was very maudlin. It was very, oh. And he apparently so finely represented the hoity-toity that he united middle class, poor, immigrant, all, everybody in the middle to lower class in America fucking hated this guy. Oh, wow. Hated him 
loudly. He was a you know, symbol of the rich. Nothing brings and... people together like hate. <laughs> Just... I know, dude. Now, bear in mind, this isn't all that long after 1812, right? We're in the middle of it. We're in 1849. So, well, quote, yeah. American nativists were skeptical of anything foreign, and most lower classes considered the word English to be a shorthand dig against the tone-deaf wealthy and their frequently British sympathies. So, speed things okay. up a tick. Those dudes start talking shit about each other, these actors. And then crowds are getting behind one or the other one, and tension goes up and up and up. British McReady would come through the U.S. on acting tours, loved by the wealthy, totally panned and mocked by the masses. Now, in England... Forrest would go over there and British papers would piss all over his performances, uh, metaphorically, of course. Uh, and, you know, we went tit for tat in America. Fuck you and our newspapers. Da, da, da. Except that the original Far- Cold War. But because America's involved. So Forrest upped the ante on things. And uh, he would, like, inspire Americans to take after him. And so, so Forrest would go to shows where McCready was. And, like, in one, at least one case, he booed and hissed from the audience. <laughs> um, and then it got so bad that, like, in one performance in America that McCready was doing, the crowd threw half half 50 percent of a dead sheep on the stage wait wait. so apart from like booing and throwing tomatoes they hurled half of a dead sheep which half i was gonna say i don't know if it was lengthwise or what i'm not sure (laughs) Uh, but anyway mccready would call forrest names undignified and frilly stuff and you know uh mccready said that it it, when when or uh forrest said that when mccready was hamlet he he quote was a desecration of the scene and uh so since americans can't separate you know, drama from violence and, and class iniquities were simmering intensely. Now, McCready was coaxed into doing an American tour of Macbeth. And it should be noted that he was going to go to the Astor Place Theater, which was the hoity-toity one, mm-hmm. uh, which was in the rich part of town, a velvet-roped monument to nice things. Uh, whereas Forrest was over in the Bowery, at the Bowery Theater, which, again, like, people throw peanuts and boo well, people. Just the name the Bowery implies. Yeah. The, yeah. There, a guy once famously jumped on stage and like put on Richard III's, took Richard III's crown from him and put it on during the show. It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> wild place. So, That's where I want to hang out. Yeah. Anyway. May 7th. After angry rumblings, incendiary pamphlets were even going around about how the the, the outrage about pompous McCready coming to do Shakespeare in our fucking town. Pamphlets. Yeah, dude. So during that performance on the 7th, quote, the audience pelted McCready with a cascade of rotten eggs, pennies, very Philly actually, wow. New York, and shouting. Frustrated, the actor decided to cut his losses and leave town. But he was persuaded to stay by his backers who assured him that he would be fine. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's going to stay through to perform Macbeth one more time at least on Thursday night, May 10th. So papers covered all this stuff. And, you know, the, the, several were saying, like, all the people who were causing trouble at that theater, well, they better not try that shit again. It's, it's over. We're going to stop you. Uh, so, mm. Well, since we're talking about it, how did that go? Americans always back down. And so that's totally what happened. Uh, so the Bowery. All right. So May 10th. It's getting into evening now. The Bowery-type fans were barred entry when they were either recognized, if they were inside and started kind of even booing, they were arrested and moved away. Uh, again, it was 200 police officers were, were outside the theater, 75 more outside. The crowd got up to 10,000 people. That's a lot. I'd like to point out again that this is a theater showing Macbeth, and it's insane. Um, so anyway, Riff Raff keeps getting thrown out. The show goes on. Tensions mount. People, uh, several patrons were put in this like little holding cell while they had been arrested. They set it on fire. 
Wait. <laughs> so they had to let them out because they <laughs> set their cell on fire. Cobblestones start crashing. There's a construction site nearby. Someone had gone or a bunch had gathered. They start throwing them at the theater. It's crashing into the walls. Cops are getting hit. And then, like, streetlights are smashing as these things are being thrown as the underclass is getting angry. Now, quote, police and New York State militia tried in vain to push the crowds away from the theater. General William Hall told the mayor that it was time to either open fire or retreat, for he would not have his men stoned to death while they carried guns. Um, Now, as the story goes, the order was given the first one. It was just fire over their heads. Um, How'd that go? Some people say that it, well, they went all right. Some people say that it was a close one. It didn't look like it was a warning shot. Um, Well... The crowd did not disperse. The cobblestones kept going, and the militia tried a different angle, uh, which is shooting directly into the crowd, point blank. That's a very different angle. Fucking theater goers. Um, Which, by the way, they killed 18 outright, mostly bystanders, according to at least one newspaper at the time. And still it went on, the yelling, the shouting. Inside, they're pantomiming Macbeth. That's how loud it is. Outside. Can't even do the lines. They right. just have to. They're just doing the motions. Give them credit for keeping going, though. I suppose. So once the militia started yelling that the next thing they were going to do was roll in the cannons, the crowd dispersed. McReady apparently exited in disguise. I'm picturing, you know, drag. Uh, after, again, he pantomimed the end of Macbeth. Five more people died of their wounds within the next day or two. No cops, no militia got in trouble. They were like, yeah, they were loud. And uh, McCready retired not long after and was very excited to be retiring, whereas Forrest tried for more headlines. He, like, very openly and, like, in the papers divorced his British wife. Like, this guy was American to the core. Like, more attention. Uh, Ironically, theater continued to drift toward the hoity-toity thing, the Bowery thing. We don't, you know, the whole Shakespeare for the common. Yeah, no. Shakespeare for the common man, you know, isn't uh, isn't as much a thing at all. But, but, in some I'd just like to say that there are some of us out there who still pine for the days when people would die and kill for theater. Thoughts, Phil? Um, the Aster It would have been so much riot. easier if they were like doing it at the garden because they would have had a penalty box for the people already. Yeah, yeah, man. But see, see, it turned into sports for them. Not that they never watched any sports, but that sort of took over. Sure, it was just like old-timey pugilism back then, of course, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'd never heard of this. So good news. Uh, you haven't talked about Ryan. this before. <laughs> Whew. Okay, good. I just can't believe it because I t- I've I've talked about this to many. I mean, this is such a you thing. I mean, right. it's people dying in a theater. And the one guy had said that general that I mentioned. Yes. When he was talked about later, he was like, "I never before or since had to tell a militia to open fire. Like I never had to do that before. Like he was he never got <laughs> over. It was general. like damn, you know." There's a like, lot well, more to the story. People should look it up. I would. Lo- I mean, you could do a whole podcast season. As always, check the links. Yeah, we throw them in the show notes. Absolutely. Oh, I'm uh, I'm impressed. I'm surprised that with a hundred uh, militia members there, it would have only been eighteen dead. Well, but... and seventy five inside. Do you know what I mean? So uh, there were yeah, plenty, okay. plenty there. Yeah, um, that's why. That's why I'm surprised it was so few. Again, yeah. it was just. Well, I guess that because they were a horde. And it was I, 18, you know what I mean? In the middle of the 19th century, so maybe. Yeah, I guess that we have. But it was 200 outside, 75 inside, and 10,000 outside. Like, you're right. I mean, the numbers. It could have been worse. It was a more civilized time to shoot I'm people a, point blank, Phil. I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, <laughs> theatrical penalty box is half full kind of guy. Hey, there you go. 
All right. Well, uh, pass out those pamphlets for all the actors in Hollywood that you don't like. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do some other stuff. Riot. Let's start a riot. Phil. Dave. Phil, get over here, Phil. Yes, Dave. What's up? What's going on on my phone here? Where, where, where are all these buttons uh, I, on, my, on, my, on my home screen? They're not buttons. It's a touch screen, Dave. But what, do they, what do they mean, this blue one with an F? What's going on here? That's Facebook. The Whiparound is on Facebook. You can find us there. What, what, what about this one? Every time I push it, all, all these crazy pictures come up. <laughs> Dave, that's your porn. I see the whip arounds on here. I see pictures. Oh, that's Instagram. That's Instagram. They're on there too. What about, what about this one's got a bird on it? It's a tweeter. It's the tweeter. Does anybody use email anymore? Huh? Whip around got an email. The whip around at gmail.com. It works. www.thewhiparoundpodcast.com. Oh, that's a good site. They have a button on there for free swag. That's not true, Phil. Get off my lawn! Whip around's on the tweeter. Resurrection. Back up in your ass for the resurrection. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I guess. I don't yeah, know. I'm proud to know those lyrics. It was good. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, we just had a minor glitch. My heart just went a mile a minute. I almost lost my notes. It would have been improving. And now it's your problem, citizen. Now yeah, you have to listen have to, to Phil's listen. It's whole all right! it Still matters, damn it. What, what happened at that? <laughs> you just McCready the shit out of that. <laughs> Didn't I, though? Forest me in the future, please. I'll, I'll forest the rest of this. Okay. I'll listen McCready style. <clears throat> no uh, no peanuts thrown at you. No, no burning cells for you. Which means you don't have the clap i guess do we what? have one do we have one yeah no nah, come on hey hey it's the covid idiot of the week of the week of the week <laughs> <laughs> um again good news at least insofar as the more the, the latest the latest covid idiots are all of a benign nature in a way just novel yeah. Stupid, but not killing extra people, at least. And in fact, this week's Covidia is the entire city of Calgary. Interesting. Canada. Canada on the hot seat. They, they open up a mass vaccination site at a convention center. Things are going well. Little crowded, but going well. So imagine people surprised when after waiting to get a shot, they also got a parking ticket in the mail the next day. Despite being there for nearly five hours to get the jab, one man says he didn't realize that despite the city offering free parking, it was only for 90 minutes. Apparently, because of this little bullshit move, the city was able to issue 1,239 tickets through their automated ticketing system. Calgary, dick move. We get it. People aren't driving, so your ticket revenues are down. You feel the need to nickel and dime people. I get it. Fuck you. Secondly, this is counterproductive. You put up any barrier to people getting their shots, keeps the BDT going on longer, and that means that you make less revenue anyway. So City of Calgary, for penalizing people for trying to do the right thing, for not planning properly and not making exceptions for that, and for being, and for being such a cheap guy, you are my COVID idiot of the week. Got a little got a little data bitch slap there. Such a cheap I mean, guy. Really? Come on. Like, really? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it me didn't off. involve making people catch the vibe. But yeah, that's just a shit. If the city doesn't 
eat that money, if it doesn't just absolve that it. shit, if it doesn't, tr- Titanic dick move. Oh, my God. Now, now, to be fair, at the end, like the city like council was like, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to try and fi- we're going to try to fix this. Good but, work, buddy. Actually, I don't know if they said try and. But anyway. <sighs> so, yeah, just again, it, it's not as bad as it was, but still novel ways of being dumb. You pissed off Phil. So he's going to put yeah. you in the he's going to put you in the crosshairs, man. That's right. It's coming for you, Covidiots. Well, I got some science this week and it makes me happy, but I feel like it should have been filed as being reported by Dr. Sherlock of the No Shit Institute. Um oh. but I guess it's always nice to see research backing up what I think we already suspect. Um not, You'll be nervous with that. I <laughs> Well, here's the deal. It comes from uh, – it was in the journal Personality and Social Psychology. A paper was published with a rather unreadable Wait, 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 wait. It's called – what's it called? Personality and Social Psychology. The Journal of Piss? Personality (laughs) – PSP. So the Journal of – So here's the title. Piss P. Here's the title. Phenotypic mimicry distinguishes cues of mating competition from paternal investment in men's conspicuous consumption. Huh? You got you, you got you want to unpack that for me? You got any guesses to what the hell they're t- saying can with say that one, title? Can you say it one more time? Phenotypic mimicry distinguishes cues of mating competition from paternal investment in men's conspicuous consumption. Pheno phenotype. <laughs> right i mean that's where i immediately both times i got so hung up on trying to unpack that word because you've heard it in bio class and then paternal so i mean there's there's something we try to act like our dads like what we spend like our dads i don't know okay you're, you're you're getting there you've got pieces let's break it down conspicuous consumption is buying habits yeah okay distinguishing cues of mating competition from paternal investment Mating competition versus paternal investment, trying to get laid versus being a good dad. Okay. Phenotypic mimicry. In nature, phenotype is the expression of a gene. Yeah. I've got a genetic code, and as a result, I have blue eyes. The code is the genotype. The phenotype is the blue eyes. But when paired with the conspicuous consumption, the phenotypic mimicry means exhibiting a brand or a logo. Put it all together, and you get that when men who wear big logos of famous brands are, scientifically speaking... (laughs) Douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> and it all lines up of your preamble to confirm what we all already knew. It <laughs> <laughs> was a long way to go for the tee up. I'm glad you appreciate oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be so, here. Woo. So in short, here's what uh, it's Dr. Daniel Kruger of the University of Michigan did. Two-part study. I, I have my reservations, uh, primarily the fact that it's small study, also all Americans, because I can imagine that different cultures in different places would view these things and, and put them differently. But I mean, here's hey, what happened. One could argue even within America could split into pieces. But... Oh, sure. Absolutely. The people from not from, you know, around the University of Michigan can view it totally different. Absolutely. So here we go. 615 participants are shown two pictures of an identical uh, Ralph Lauren style polo T-shirt, one with the normal sized logo, you know, the little douche on a horse. Yeah, yeah. And one with a much larger one, but otherwise identical, right? So okay. standard Giant shirt and douchey polo. Uh, basically, player. like instead of like a an inch tall logo or however regular it is, it was like you know a quarter, you know, like the whole upper left of the chest. Okay. So enlarged, basically. It was douchey. Douche size. <laughs> so 
they were asked in what kinds of situations would they choose one or the other shirt? Some situations were a job interview, family dinner, or a party where your crush was. Dr. Kruger found that men Party where respond- your crotch was? Party where your crush was. Oh. Dr. Kruger finds that men who responded said they would choose the bigger logo shirt in situations where they were competing socially, like the party with the crush. I'll get back to that in a moment. Mm. Also, the other part of the study involved only 376 students, and I don't know why they had lopsided you know, survey samples. Douches um, came in and gave swirlies to a whole bunch of them, so they had their they, sample size reduced. <laughs> um, they were shown the same pair of shirts, and then they gave their perceptions on the person who would choose that type of shirt. So, you know, <laughs> would this person have a stable job if they were wearing this shirt? You know, rank them like, you know, one to a hundred, like, right? How likely is that the person wearing this shirt is in a long-term relationship? Here's the interesting thing. Those expectations, at least for the women who took the survey, match what men said really, really well. Remember the first part, when would you pick the shirt? Apparently, they asked a bunch of those personality questions to people as well, and it turns out that large logo pickers were also less likely to want to settle down, more likely to flirt openly with anything with a pulse, and yes, more likely to cheat. Women's expectations, that second part, largely matched the men's responses. Which like, I bet me, he would, like that's what they're doing? Yep, basically. It's like, oh, if somebody's wearing the big logo, yeah, he's probably not interested in like a long-term relationship. He's probably a cheater. Uh, I mean, means a couple things. Take homes are, yeah, people who wear huge logos of brands are indeed douchebags, it seems. Woo! Second, for the ladies in the audience, yes, you do know if a guy is a douchebag or willing to invest in a relationship. You got to follow your instincts and, and trust those visual cues. And then finally, I do think this is also true. Is Just because someone's wearing a brand doesn't mean they have anything more to offer than just a little money and you're worth more than that, damn it. So don't believe it. If somebody's wearing a big logo, it probably just means they're a big douche. <laughs> What do you think, Sean? First of all, hi, Phineas. <laughs> he came uh, out. I want you to feel seen and heard. Uh, well, first, secondly, <laughs> I, I guess I have a soft spot for any scientific endeavor that very that could also be a Family Feud episode. <laughs> like we asked yada 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 women, you know. What what would men who wear big logos be like? That's effectively <laughs> what this is, you know. I mean, at least one arm of it is. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I enjoy that, and uh, it's a it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because it also turns into this Ouroboros of, well, is the you know which came first, the douche or the big logo? You know what I mean? Like it's Ooh, yeah, are they going out and getting the big logos because they're douchebags, or is it the reverse that in some way? douchebags are naturally attracted to the logo like yeah that is an interesting point is is which way does that like are you are do you does someone become a douchebag because they're driving a bmw or (laughs) does a douchebag need to go get a bmw do you know what i'm saying does the car natural compulsion to go get yeah yeah because we all know that dickheads end up in in bmws and then of course you get the whole cycle of well if people are buying it of course we're going to make it yeah Right? Supply this, that's, and that's, douchey demand. <laughs> yeah, man. Supply and douche man, did you just say? Yeah, I think. I got a lot going through my head right now. And it's mo- and everything involved is wearing a puka shell necklace. <laughs> well, I'm happy that I thought of supply and douche man because that's where my brain has been. It's time for Whip Around Pyramid Douchebag Edition. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. This is, is going to be... A hundred percent awesome or a hundred percent awful, and there's no in between. Well, one is funnier. <laughs> the other is a bigger ego trip for us. 
let me tee this up because my mother once said, "Happy Mother's Day again." Uh, my mom once said, "When the douchebags go flying, you're part of the family." Douche remains to this day a, a term of endearment with my family, but why stop at douche or douchebag? You can make a whole lot of fantastic portmanteaus, mm. much more entertaining and creative flavors mm. of douchebag. You can work the word douche into a lot of places and come up with a great insult. I've got seven, and I'm going to give you an example. Are these drawn from something besides your own, like, dark creativity? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> How do we know that you didn't just make these up? Uh, I did Google some of them to see if, like, other people had come up with them. All and right. some of them I'm just, I'm just going for. You know what? We for make instance, the rules here. Was the say, well, here's, here's my example. If I said war and peace, crime and punishment, Dostoevsky. That's it. Exactly. I couldn't believe that's what you wanted at first. I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah, that's what so, we're going for. But so they're all portmanteaus. I mean, could some of them technically be felt like? I don't know. You know what? I, why ask? Some of, them are portmanteaus. some of them are just working the word douche into. Ignore the rest of my questions, Phil. This is a, this is a case of learn by douching. Now you're in the right mindset. That's what we need. <laughs> learn by douching. Where's your episode title? Uh huh. I think so. <laughs> Two minutes. Are you ready? <clears throat> Let's do this. Let's douche this. Oh! <laughs> Wait a minute. You know what? No, I'm, I'm actually giving myself two minutes and thirty seconds. I'm giving us two. Look minutes at you, just minutes. taking liberties with the shit. I can't help it. I just, I'm, I'm worried about this. Do as I say, not as I douche, huh? Oh! Monkey <clears throat> see, monkey douche. I didn't think of those. Michael <laughs> Douchecaucus. Get ready. You better start. <laughs> I'm going to hit all the answers. I was just waiting until you get them all. <laughs> ready? Go. Luxury brand. Douchelex. <laughs> Handbags. Oh, no. I don't know these brand names. Um, Two words or two people. I don't know. Handbags. Uh, skip D that one. Skip D that Dushki. one. Um. Um, Western. What? Douche. Uh, movie. Douche boy. Good, the bad, and the douchey. Um, 12. Uh, the dirty douchein. The other way around. Douchey dozen. That's it. Um, children's game. Uh, douches and ladders. <laughs> Two and one. Two and one? What the fuck? Uh, waterfowl. Douche hunt? Uh, <laughs> ch chasing? What are you doing? Douche tag? What? Uh, Hide and go sit douche? Sitting in a circle. Duck, duck, douche. That's Dude, it. I named a lot of winners just now. <laughs> you did. Um, last words. Uh, rest in douche? Uh, I told you I was douche. Julius Caesar. Oh, at two douchey. Um, the new girl. What? Um. Oh man, I, this was. Uh, is damn, that, that actress? Was, yes. Oh, what the fuck is her name? You'll get there. <laughs> Skip it. Okay. Uh, moving on. Skip that one for now. Um, martial art. Douche foo. <laughs> Korean. Taekwondo douche. <laughs> That's it. Oh boy. Uh, Zooey Duchanel. Zooey Duchanel. That's it. You got that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Legal document. A living douche. <laughs> um. I douchification. Secrecy. 
What? Uh, secrecy. Um, can't speak. Helen Doucher? Legal document. Um, Cease and douchist? Cease and douchist? <laughs> nope, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, uh, um, secrecy, uh, binding document. Uh, 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 uh what's a, I, uh, 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 do not, a uh, douche not resuscitate. A, uh, uh, no, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> douche not resuscitate is fantastic. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, so you only missed two, so you got five out of the seven. What did um, I miss? The secret mm-hmm. document? Non-douche closure agreement. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the handbags. I, I, uh, douche and Gabbana. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. If I don't know don't... purses better. No, it's fine. I, I, I have no idea how I came up. With I almost that said douche and Burke. That's something I think. Douche and Burke. <laughs> For everyone you didn't get right, you still came up with a winner. <laughs> I just want to point that out. I want to. I just want a supercut of all of the answers. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> It's a high rate of douche on this show. It's impressive. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, we're going to go do some more wordplay uh, <laughs> straight out of middle school, and we will be right back with three for the douche. Yo, Philly. Are you tired of sports talk radio? Are you tired of trivia Wednesdays, morning bitch and complain lines, or afternoon sound offs? Give Potadelphia a try for a refreshing look at the goings-on for the Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, and 76ers. I don't have a button. Well, listen, hey, welcome back. I hope you had some douchey creativity of your own while we were gone. Send us the favorites, folks. Sure. Enlighten us on on, on Facebook, all our socials. Just but Don't even tell us what it's for. Yeah. Just write Just as a comment. Just right at us, www.com. The Whip Around Podcast.com. Email us your douchiness at uh, the Whip Around at gmail.com. Anyway, it is now time for three for the row. That time of the show, we talk about the things that weren't uh, to fit in with the douchiness that we were doing. And uh, yeah, we're just going to move straight into this shit because douche, 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 to douche is all I can think of. Now, what's going to happen is <laughs> Phil and I are going to douche back and forth for 30 seconds apiece, talking about weird news stories that are douching a hole in our brain. And uh, what we're going to get is uh, three turns of 30 douches each. And once that 30 douche time period is up, you hear something a little bit like this. Which is douchey the douche douche telling us it's time to shut up and move on to the next douchebag. Uh, Phil has done quite a lot of douching, and so he's going to take a little break, and I'm going to go ahead and hammer this summer's heave home. <laughs> heave this summer's eve home now. Phil, do you have any douchey questions for me? Douche, douche, douche. Douche. Douche, 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 douche. Douche. In This Place is Bug News, a Taipei restaurant learned the hard way that sometimes gangsters are petty bitches this past week, as one spot in Hawk to some Taiwanese mobsters was suddenly flooded with cockroaches during business hours. Last Tuesday, quote, two masked men entered the G House Taipei restaurant holding large bags, filled over a thousand cockroaches, which they simply released at the reception desk on the second floor of the establishment before fleeing the scene. Two especially bug-eyed patrons were a pair of police commissioners, though, on hand, with a number of officers for a banquet, and so a task force was instantly created to track down these unwelcome purveyors of pests, and hey, it's all protein folks when crooks give you roaches you make roach aid ew burn the place down start over in i don't think he gets it news uh georgia governor brian kemp signed a bill last week that would make daylight savings time permanent 
still needs to be passed by the state legislature. I'm all for it. Stops arbitrary and antiquated shifts of the clock. But um, state representative Wes Cantrell said one of the advantages of permanent daylight savings time is that, quote, criminals uh, like the cloak of darkness. So they have one less hour in the evening to commit their crimes. Wait, what? Does he not know how crime works? What? Does he think that crooks aren't going to rob people just because it gets dark later? I didn't realize criminals had such good professional conduct that caused them to wait till it's dark to be up to no good. Ah, once again, a good idea sullied by a moron that's going to make me say, yeah, I support it, but I'm not as dumb as that guy. I like these people still think that crime is just muggers in the dark. dark. Uh, right. And fermentation in space news. High-end British auction house Christie's is about to put a bottle of space-aged wine up for auction, speculating that the post-re-entry red will sell for upwards of a million dollars. A bottle of Chateau Patrousse red from the year 2000 is one of a dozen bottles of extremely expensive Bordeaux wines that, quote, spent 14 months on uh, aging in zero gravity aboard the ISS, orbiting the Earth while traveling 17,000 miles per hour. Wine experts who sampled a different bottle do say it tastes excellent and noticeably different from the wine's terrestrial edition, and and the winning bidder also gets a free bottle of the Earthbound version of the wine for comparison. So, hey, you lose money by not getting this spacey shit. In Dogs Will Narc On You news, a 47-year-old German woman was just arrested by Spanish police on suspicion of having embezzled around a million euros from a solar power company that she worked for. I say worked for because in March of last year, she was reported to have died in a car crash. Far from dead, she was living in Mallorca with false ID documents. The private detectives uh, the firm hired to investigate her were led there after they learned through her old social media posts that she owned a giant poodle. Not a common breed on the tiny island. Sure enough, when there were reports of a giant poodle that had recently moved in and surfaced, they knew they had found their woman. She's currently out on bail and reportedly having admitted to her own death, but I'm telling you people, cats are where it's at. My cat won't narc on me when I go into hiding. Right, Kepler? And in record holders can be big losers too news, a Quebec man recently shattered the world record for a longest marathon video game session, clocking in an OCD-friendly 44 hours, 44 minutes, and 44 seconds playing, ugh, World of Warcraft. Quote, uh, Bobby Gamash, who runs a video game streaming channel on Twitch with his brother Matthew Gamash, said his session playing WOW was originally going to end at 34 hours, but he discovered someone else was chasing the same record at the same time. Thus, old Bobby went full Leroy Jenkins and just went nuts, <laughs> staying on for another 12 hours. But here's the weird part. Uh, Bobby's secret to gaming longevity, quote, I just ate healthy. I tried to have people always talking with me, always active on the chat and ad breaks. Which, for a Warcraft player, being social and eating healthy? That's at least two more records, am I right? <laughs> and finally, in not illegal but stupid news, uh, the little port town of Noto in Ishikawa pre Prefecture is a tourist town in Japan's Midwest coast, and when the big dumb thing showed up, tourists went away. Like so many other towns that were seeking some government cheese to ease the pain of not bringing in those tourist dollars and were awarded 800 million yen, that's 7.3 million U.S. dollars to help out. Locals and other several officials were there for a little miffed when 25 million of that, or 3%, about a quarter mil, was spent on the statue of a giant squid. That's right, the 43-foot-long statue sits there in the port, and it's supposed to be part of a long-term tourist plan since the flying squid is a bit of a local delicacy needless to say the outcry is obvious with people calling for that money to spend on you know support staff hospitals essential workers long-time long-term care facilities hey yeah. this goes for any town or university stop putting up statues clock towers and shiny things you don't need when your citizens and students live in jenny dorms that don't have enough basic services you think you're making it look nice while you're doing is make yourself look foolish cut the fuck out now blowing your thumb really hard <laughs> if you blow in your thumb really hard you'll pass out <laughs> let's not do that all right phil do we have anything to plug if you're not gonna yes. if you're not gonna give yourself a fainting spell no, I'd prefer not to today. I'd like ah. to plug my wife, especially this week. It's our 10th anniversary. Happy anniversary, love. Happy oh. anniversary! And what better way to celebrate my wife and how awesome she is and the fact that she put up with me for 10 long years by getting some stuff from her. And uh, she has almost EGOT-level talent. Hey, fucking A. Near EGOT-level, approaching, approaching EGOT-level talent. Rising EGOT-level talent. It's just the O. It's just missing the O on this yeah. one. Yeah, egged talent. Egged talent and uh, yeah, magician's assistant, Facebook page, and Etsy shop. Yo, yo, you like podcasts? Yo, yo, you like books? Yo, yo, this is weird. 
if you also like books and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I'm going to recommend that you check out, and I, 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 I wish they'd come back from their hiatus. I know they're busy, but I wish you'd check out Slow Readers, which is a, a podcast that's in carbonite right now. And <laughs> nice. it's, that was good. Yes, it is hosted when they're unfrozen by two Corellians. I don't know. Two Star yeah. Wars types uh, who are very intelligent. They love the discussions about books and, and authors and, and websites and movies. It's all kind of tangents. It's a fun podcast. It's, it's a, you know, it's splitterate shit, dude. Check them out. We're on some. Some other episodes. Come back. And if you got that Corellian reference, you're the type of guy who might enjoy movies. And if you enjoy movies, you probably don't like books. And if you probably don't like books, you're illiterate. But you know what? It's probably okay. You still like sports. Logic! We can, we can throw you to Potadelphia, the only Philly sports show that matters. That's right. Every week, we've got the Phillies still on a streak, still wrecking all my goddamn parlays. Stop winning, you motherfuckers. Uh, we've got the Flyers crashing into the end of the season and the 76ers possibly completing the process. The union season just starting up and hey, dirt hey, in the skirt. The, what? what? Is that actually a euphemism? Slide. Dirt in the skirt? Yeah. Didn't you ever see a league of their own? You fucking communist. Oh, anyway. Juicy uh, Jean. Dave, <laughs> Dave and Sarah, Juicy Jean. No, I time travel. That's how fast I said it that time. I went back yes. in time. Yes, it was. So fast in time, you're there every Wednesday when they release their episodes. <laughs> fucking A. Fucking A. And then there's some streaming on YouTube business. Yes. That the uh, Painted Lines, the painted lines. YouTube folk do. So you can see them work their magic as well. Yes. That's about it. Or you can listen to this podcast with the lights off and you know simulate our YouTube offerings, which is darkness. <laughs> Although we had been talking about possibly doing a a tiktok to showcase some of our finer yeah, moments behind are, the scenes we are considering we are considering. we're considering catching up and being one of the cool kids now yeah yeah, yeah. which means that'll go out of style real fast yeah you're welcome mm -hmm. I think we're gonna end tiktok <laughs> I, that's a new goal people don't realize <laughs> that it's the it's the it's the little guys who will accidentally <laughs> break the internet if anyone's gonna break the internet yep anyway phil do we have anything to add are we done nope you know it Every all citizens know. Share the posts, like the posts, send us messages, let us know what's going on in all of your douchey lives. Now look, I'm gonna level with you, all right? We love you. Sorry for the douchiness that made you think maybe we didn't. Bye. I apologize for no douching. Not on my summer's eve watch. Ignore the rest of my questions, Phil. This is a this is a case of learn by douching. <laughs>